Hey guys, welcome back to the Dad Tired Podcast. I'm back here with my wife, Layla, and uh, we're talking about what it looks like to become men that our wives actually want to follow. Like what kind of leaders can we be where our family is excited about following our leadership and the opposite? What does it look like to be men where we're, our families aren't excited to follow our leadership? So we'll talk about that today. Before we jump into all that, I do want to thank my friends over at Samaritan Ministries for sponsoring today's podcast. Layla, you know this, you're in the medical field, you've seen it a million times, but none of us plan on uh, having some kind of medical need. In fact, just this last week, we were Mm -hmm. in the emergency room with our son. He was roughhousing with a bunch of friends. On a trampoline. On a trampoline, which you know what's so funny about that? Nothing. (laughs) When we we were in the emergency room and we were talking, we had to like tell, he had to say like five times to five different, like the triage nurse and the doctor, you know all these different people, what happened. Oh, uh-huh. And every time they said it, he said what happened, they were all like, oh, another trampoline thing. Yeah. Oh, another Trampolines trampoline. are from the pit of hell. They're terrible. If you have okay. one, burn it. Well, there goes all of our trampoline podcast sponsorships that I don't hope care. For. <laughs> they can pay our medical bills and everyone else's if they care. <laughs> all that to say, we were not expecting to be in the emergency room this last week. He's okay. Uh, he just had a really tweaked, sore, bruised neck, swollen, all that yeah, kind of stuff. Yeah, just his neck. No biggie. <laughs> Nobody plans on having a medical emergency, which is why Samaritan Ministries is so great. It's a biblical health care sharing network. They're connecting hundreds of thousands of Christians across the nation who care for one another spiritually and financially when a medical need arises. They have direct member-to-member sharing approach. It's one of the many joys of being a Samaritan member. It's really, really cool. If you have a medical need arise, you get to choose the health care providers and treatments that work best for you. You're not obligated to stay within a network. You can join at any time, which is really, really cool. I just really like their community and what they're doing to have Christians connect with each other, not only, again, to support each other financially. When that bill arises, you just send the bill to Samaritan Ministries. They pair you with the Samaritan Ministries community, and they're going to get back to you with uh, paying your medical bills and also providing spiritual support for you, encouraging you praying over you. It's just a really cool thing. If you want to learn more about Samaritan Ministries and all that they have going on, you can go to SamaritanMinistries.org forward slash dad tired. Again, that's SamaritanMinistries.org forward slash dad tired. Layla, before we talk about what we're going to talk about today, I have to give an update on the retreat. We just got back from our very first dad tired retreat. So cool. It was amazing. I don't want to be over dramatic. I feel like sometimes in my personality, I get really excited and I say really dramatic things. (laughs) No, <laughs> we'll, what? we'll probably talk about that when it comes to leadership, yeah. <laughs> but it probably, I feel comfortable saying it was the most powerful ministry experience I've had in my almost 20 years of ministry. Yeah. And I also feel really old saying I've been in ministry 20 years. That's freaky. Yeah, that is weird. Guys from 27 states came. Mm. Guys drove wow, there. 27, 27 states, oh, states represented cool. at this. We had a hundred guys from 27 states. I think we had like 99 guys. Uh, a couple guys had to drop out at the very mm. last night. But about 100 guys from 27 states. Guys drove from all over. There were guys who were like, it took me two days to get here. 11 hours, 12 hours, 15 hours. That's wild. It was wild. We had 12 guys make decisions for Jesus. Mm. One guy, you know, I'm trying to keep everyone anonymous and their, their identity <laughs> protected. But one guy, his brother invited him last minute, and he was like, I didn't want to come. I'm not even a Christian. I didn't want to be there. The whole They drove 11 hours. He's like, the 11-hour drive, I didn't want, I was like frustrated. <laughs> I showed up to the thing, and I'm like, he got real anxiety. We're out in the middle of the woods. You know? right. So he's like, who are these people? What the heck? Why are all these podcast listeners joining to talk about Jesus? It just felt, the whole thing felt weird to him. Sure. 
he gets there and he tells me on the last night after we'd spent some days together, he says, I didn't know that's what God was like Mm. after hearing the gospel. He said, I didn't know that's what God was like. And he said, the coolest part was he said, I'm all in. Mm. He surrendered his life Mm, to Jesus. The next day, the next morning we had talked about, Hey, we're going to baptize you. If like, if you've never been baptized and you want to get baptized or you gave your life to Christ last night, like let's get baptized. So we literally just, we gave him pretty much no preparation. We just said, stand up right now, meet us down at the river. And I was like praying. I was like, you know, it'd be cool if a guy, one guy decides he wants mm-hmm. to get baptized on the spot. 15 guys decided that they were going to get baptized in the river that morning. So you have a hundred guys standing on the bank of a river, our worship leader, Jackson singing worship songs. He's leading us in worship. So you have these group of a hundred men singing worship songs on the bank of a river, mm-hmm. cheering their brothers on. That's so cool. As these 15 guys are getting baptized. It was one of the most powerful things yeah. I've ever been a part of. Even for the guys who didn't make a decision for Christ or get baptized. I mean, it just, it's really hard to, it's frustrating because you can't explain like what mm-hmm. happened, but just all these men feeling encouraged and ready to get home and just be the men that God's called them to be. They're reminded of the gospel and why they do what they do and the sleepless nights and the just feeling exhausted as a husband and dad. And as a man, but like rejuvenated, their yeah. souls were no longer weary. And what's cool about it, it's not like a like a weekend high, like cool, that was really a refreshing and awesome. And anyway, back to the grind. It's like that stuff changes generations mm-hmm. of families mm-hmm. and wives and children and, and their children and their children. That's like, yeah. that's kingdom stuff. That's so cool. It was cool. And uh, all those guys jumped into our close, we have a little close community if you go to deathhair.com forward slash community or just click the community tab, all those guys jump in on there. And now they're just keeping the conversation going. Cause we didn't, we don't want to just be like a one time, like get you riled up and then Mm-mm. best of luck to you out right. there. We're continually trying to equip guys to like really feel like they've got the tools to lead their family. Well, so if you're not part of that community either, we'd love to have you be part of that. Again, just click the community tab on deathhire.com and uh, you can jump into that. All right, babe, mm-hmm. let's talk about the fun stuff. Yeah. Wives submitting to their husbands or what is this? <laughs> yeah. <just> like, <laughs> it doesn't really I'm, say I'm that, glad, does it? I'm glad I got you here. I'm glad yeah, I got you here yeah, to talk up? about how your lack of submission is oh, um, okay. ungodly and we're ready to get you submitted. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh, I'm going to throw you out the window. <laughs> um, <laughs> I told Layla what we're going to talk about like an hour ago. Um, so yeah. she literally had, we didn't like prep or plan some deep things, but mm-hmm. here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about in our marriage the times where you felt like, Lord, I don't think I can submit to any kind of leadership from this guy. Mm-hmm. I don't even like this guy. Yeah. That You've never a lot. felt that. Okay. No, yeah, it happened yeah. a lot. <laughs> and the times that you did where you're like, no, I trust Jared and I think I'm going to follow his leadership here. So maybe we'll just start on the <laughs> the positive just because I'm an emotional guy, you know, and I need you to really fluff me up. You want up. me to tear you down yeah, right, don't, right off the bat? Yeah, please don't tear me down up front because I might not be able to. All right. This podcast is going to be right. brutal. Let me just preface it by saying you are probably the most, uh, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, what? Go on. Started off on a good note. Yeah, no, lovely. You were the most gentle. lovely human yeah. I've ever met. Okay. You are. But you're just a but. strong woman. You're a strong woman. I remember when I met you, one thing that attracted me to you. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> It's just so funny the things that you're like attracted to when you first get married, and then or you when you first <laughs> one year later when you first meet. <laughs> like, I really like that part of your personality. That's really cool. Look how strong of a woman she is. And then you get married, and you're like, 
Oh my gosh, look how strong of a woman she is. Just stop being like that. I was really attracted to that in you. I was like, man, she's just a really strong, independent. <laughs> it's so funny. I can't say it without like laughing now because it did become the you thing. You hate that about <laughs> no, me now because or it did, what? It did become the thing that's like, <laughs> just a th- it's a thing. Anyway, you're just a very strong woman. You could do life on your own. Fine. Sure. You're sharp. I didn't need you. Okay. Well. <laughs> and that was fine. No, you didn't need me. And that was yeah. attractive. You're like, man, this woman, she's strong. She's independent. She has a good job. She's a good thinker. She can problem solve by herself. Mm-hmm. And so I was just like, man, that's, that's a really cool. She's a strong woman. So I'm sure there's a lot of guys listening who feel that about their wives who are like, this is, yeah. this is a strong woman. We marry strong women. Women are strong in general. And so the thought of like even, okay, how do I trust my husband's leadership? I imagine mm-hmm. women are probably all over the spectrum on that. But I also imagine for you specifically that thought was probably hard. Yeah. I was just thinking as you were talking, so sorry if I didn't, did you just ask me something? I wasn't paying attention because <laughs> oh I was thinking gosh. the, we well, because you were saying like, you know, that's an attractive quality. And it, of course, I, I know we're kind of goofing around, but there's nothing wrong with being a strong woman. That's a wonderful thing. But I was just thinking like probably the only times or the times that you didn't like it was when you were in a bad spot. Mm. Don't you think? Like you didn't, it be, suddenly becomes not so attractive when like you're kind of spiraling and I'm trying to like hold this steady and yeah. that's where the friction is. Yeah. When Don't you're you like think? trying to lead me, tell me what to do. And I wasn't in a healthy mental spot, right. spiritual spot. So then that doesn't like, feel good. Do. Right. Yeah. So then suddenly being a strong woman is like not an attractive thing, but that's only when you're being a weak man. Okay. Well, <laughs> I, I know. regret I'm everything sorry. about that, this podcast topic. <laughs> that so sounded so harsh, but <laughs> I didn't know how else to say it. But. Okay. Yeah, but just when you're not in a good spot to lead yeah. and someone else takes the lead, that doesn't feel good. I mean, I guess regardless of gender, maybe for some people, but I would suspect particularly for a man in a marriage. Like, Yeah, I agree with that. I hadn't thought about that, but I agree with it. We didn't go into marriage. We didn't really have conversations about like leadership, like mm-hmm. who would lead our family. Yeah. And I know some couples talk about that and that's like a thing we didn't really talk about. We didn't have like no. explicit, hey, do you trust me to lead? Right. And that's a hard conversation to have, like just, you know, I'm the head of the family. So like, what does that mean? What do you, I probably would have walked away. That's true. You probably (laughs) would have. Yeah. It just sounds strange. Like, what do you want me to do? Like, yeah, I don't know. Rub your feet when you walk in and like, well, that doesn't sound that bad. (laughs) Yeah. And and this kind of goes to the bigger subject They they talk about, and I think we're going to do a podcast. I think I have an author coming on. That's like, this is what he writes about. Mm. And so I'm, I'm curious to pick his brain when that, when that episode happens, but Essentially, I think God's design is because it can feel, especially in 2022, you know, Mm -hmm. this is a controversial subject and stuff. And I think some of the big feminist movement has come as a result of men just sucking as leaders and servant leaders. Yeah. Servant leaders. Yeah. We're going to serve the people that we're leading. Mm -hmm. We're going to lay our lives down for the people we're leading. And Mm -hmm. they and men have in recent past sucked at that Mm -hmm. they've manipulated their leadership they've taken Mm -hmm. over their they've dominated in really unhealthy and sinful ways and then you have men or women i'm sorry swing the pendulum the other Mm -hmm. way and say well forget that like Mm -hmm. men suck and uh, men don't suck right well then it becomes this like blanket statement of like anything masculine like masculinity is a bad thing yeah like like, toxic or whatever it is now so you see that in the churches too, like, okay, men are called to lead their churches and men are called to be the head of the household and the family. And you know, here's one thing that I, I think when you think through that from a church perspective, 
I think I may maybe heard John Piper talk about this, but essentially one of the greatest gifts in church leadership for a man, a man to lead is this. Women can lead the church fine. In fact, many churches are led by women, like in the weeds. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. they're actually functioning. They're making the sure. church function. Mm-hmm. They're doing the things to keep it right, rolling. They're not incapable. Yeah. Right. They're completely capable of leading. And in some ways, women might and probably would do many things better than men do from a leadership perspective. But just like the church and just like the home, what happens is women will see a need. It's not happening. Nobody's leading at our church. Nobody's leading spiritually at our house. So I'll just fill in. Mm-hmm. And then they do and they fill that need. And I think it's a great gift for the church. And I think it's a great gift for women to say, no, husband or man, mm-hmm. you need to lead us. Mm-hmm. Yes, I could lead us. I'm capable of leading us. Mm-hmm. I've have led us in the past, but you need to lead us. And it's actually men will rise up to that leadership. Mm-hmm. When a woman says, when you say to me, just to make it personal, Jared, I need you to seek Jesus and yeah. to get closer to the Lord, to push our kids towards the things of the kingdom of God, to lead me spiritually. Mm-hmm. Dude, a husband, I want to rise up to that. I don't feel like I'm totally capable of that, but I'm like, it changes my prayers. All right, mm-hmm. God, lead, please help me. Help me become a man mm-hmm. that will lead my family really well. Yeah. I want to be this kind of man for my wife and for my kids. And so I think that the same is true for the churches. When women say, listen, men, here, we could lead, and we could probably lead better than you, but we don't want to. Right. We want you to lead us humbly, serve humbly, repent, Mm -hmm. be humble men who lead our church. I just think that's the way God designed it to be. Yeah. And And there's no list of like practical ways to do that. Like a husband may hear that and it sounds scary and they may push back or like kind of fumble. And when your pride gets injured and a wife asks you like, lead us, like you're not, you suck at this. You're not leading us well. I want you to lead us spiritually. And and in wisdom and all of these things. And the husband's like, oh, okay, I got to find like a good devotional to like lead mm-hmm. our family through. Or I need to, okay, I guess I got to pray better or whatever it is. I think if a husband is, a, I would guess like when a man is afraid to fail at something, then you kind of would like the upfront emotion would be anger, but really they're just kind of embarrassed because they maybe can't do it well. And so the practical thing to do is like not seek to learn how to pray better and not seek to find like a good devotional to lead your family in, but like just seek Jesus yeah. and all that stuff gets added to you, you know? Yeah. Well, seek and, God. Yeah. And I would just say too, like if a wife is saying you suck at this, we need you to step up. That, that's a terrible way. No dude wants well, I mean, to be yeah, approached. And wives like, don't say it like that. Yeah. That's, a, that's harsh. <laughs> yeah. I think over years though, like a wife may just start feeling really frustrated and like, I just want a man who can lead our family and you're not doing that. Like that's a zinger. A wife would want it very desperately and may feel she needs to say it harshly. And a husband is going to hear that and think, oh my gosh, I'm, she basically just told me I'm not a good husband. I'm not a good dad. And that's hard to hear. And again, the reaction to that is often the opposite of what you want. They're not going to say, oh, okay, right. Okay. I'll get on that. I think that there are probably a ton of wives listening to this right now Mm -hmm. who are in that spot. Yeah. Just begging, like just desperate for their husband to lead them. Yeah. And I think that I would say a couple of things if you're a wife listening to that. Number one, try to like really think through what are your expectations for spiritual leadership? What does that really look like? It's a vague request to say lead us well. Right. That's very vague. And that's hard. Mm -hmm. So I was like, okay. (laughs) 
okay, I'll like study Greek or like, what, what am I mm-hmm. doing here? Are we listening to Caleb in the road? Right. Yeah, yeah, like what, what does this mean? So try to specifically ask specific things. Hey, I want you to pray with the kid. Could you pray with the kids? Mm-hmm. Would you pray with me? Could you pray over me? Things like that. And then the other thing I would say is your husband, I think will rise up if you call him to leadership in a, in the right way. Like Layla was saying, the wrong way will discourage, it will deflate him. No guy wants to feel incompetent. We hate mm-hmm. that. Dudes hate feeling incompetent. That's like the thing we're really afraid of. Like we're mm-hmm. going to be exposed that we don't really know what we're doing. That's what I mean. Like the reaction may then be anger and being like pulling even further away. Yeah. But if you say as a wife, I believe God's given you what it takes mm-hmm. to lead us. Like I believe God before the foundations of the world purposely picked you mm-hmm. to be the husband and to the father of our kids mm-hmm. because he knows you can do it like with the spirit in you and you can lead our family you have what it takes and so i'm with you i'm going to be as patient with you as it takes as you step into this leadership as you mm-hmm. stumble your way to spiritual leadership right. that kind of stuff like men will feel the grace to stumble forward mm-hmm. but be specific you know what does it mean to lead your what are you actually asking your husband mm-hmm. when you say lead at one point We've been married. We're coming up on 13 years. At -hmm. what point in our marriage, have you ever thought to yourself, I guess I don't want to make the assumption. Have you ever thought to yourself, I feel more comfortable following Jared's leadership right now? Yeah. It always... Praise God. Let's pray. (laughs) (laughs) That's a wrap. (laughs) Yeah. But it was always when I knew you were first submitting to God. Mm. Because there were times when you weren't, and I knew that, and I felt like you were... I don't know, like a kind of a hurricane, hurricane of emotions and react. You would okay, react. Layla, we're talking about the good stuff. We're trying to get the <laughs> know, good but it, stuff it, first. It piggybacked off of the harder times because mm-hmm. and when we got married, you were young. We were young. Mm-hmm. I mean, you were twenty four. I think. I don't even know. was I that old. Twenty two, twenty three. I don't know. I couldn't rent young. a car on our honeymoon. I knew that we have to be twenty five to rent a car. Yeah. So anyway, you were less than twenty five. Whatever. Whatever it was, 13 years ago, you were definitely much less mature in the beginning of our marriage. And um, and we had a very short dating course, which is why people shouldn't do that. But praise God, we made it through. <laughs> it would have been, I think, even almost disastrous to follow your lead sometimes. Give us an example. I guess we're not, we're, I guess we're going to skip over the good parts and just talk about the <laughs> where you didn't feel it. But what, give us an well, example. Okay. Where did I not You're, lead well? And here's the other thing is in my gauge of things is a lot different because I'm much less emotional than you. So for Jared, things that are full of a lot of emotion, that's where it kind of, it felt like at the time, like emotion could lead you. And so you would feel a particular way and decide to do something based off of that. So like sometimes like starting businesses or I'm going to buy all these things and then I'm going to sell them and make a lot of money or I'm going to, all these things that Seem like a, I wish you guys could just see the eyes. Her <laughs> eyes are telling such a story right now. She's staring at me telling specifics. One but time, in, one time, okay, just to give ahead. an example. All right, go ahead. One time I'd heard, this was like back when I didn't, oh, I didn't know. Well, I don't even know what story you're thinking of. All right, go ahead. Let's see what you got. Okay. I didn't know where, how we were going to like make ends meet. And I'm just like constantly looking into ideas. Like how can we just you know, provide for the family? Jared's favorite thing to throw at me is you got to spend money to make money. Okay, that's. And here we're like, can't pay our bills. And okay. he's just, all right, all right well, go on. What's your so story? anyway, I remember one time I'd like followed this guy on Instagram that like was flipping stuff. Yeah. And uh, he's just like, you know, you got to, you got to get all these things and find them cheap and then flip them. So I go to Walmart one time. 
<laughs> I go to Walmart one time. You know, I went to get like milk and bread det- or detergent. <laughs> and I w- <laughs> I walked down the aisle and I see on clearance they had these cereal bowls. <laughs> cereal bowls, y'all. Cereal bowls. They're like 50 cents. I'm like, oh, dude, I'm going to just flip these things. Imagine. Okay. I'm gonna He's going to make us rich with these Walmart <laughs> 50 cent cereal bowls. You guys. I cleared the shelves. I went back to the he front, got multiple carts. Bought them all. Got about 100 cereal bowls. 50 bucks. Yeah. Is that, is that the and map? how'd that go? <laughs> Yeah, we ended up donating a bunch of cereal bowls to uh, Goodwill. Listen, Didn't sell a even one. if we hadn't, okay, <laughs> even if you doubled your money, okay, hundred bucks would have felt good though. It would have been a win, and that doesn't even count the cost of shipping them to wherever Come people on, were going to buy cereal you bowls take off risks of sometimes. you. You got to take risks. So anyway, stuff like that—that's hard to follow. You know, that's hard for me to be like a cheerleader and be like, you know what? Yeah, okay, I got, I got your back, Jerry. You want to? You want to sell some cereal bowls? That's what's going to get us out of this rut. Well, that's I, a I got, you know that's a you know, silly example, you. but we do you know I remember times where I felt like because we're just starting a family, we're in marriage. I'm trying to like I'm in my own journey with the Lord of just like what does it mean to follow Jesus and try to lead people to Jesus. I was a pastor at the time, and so it was like I remember feeling times where like we need to move to Africa, like yeah, tomorrow. What yeah, are we doing? no, you scared me a lot of times with how serious you would look when you'd say like. You know, we have to move to this country in Africa or we got to, I found this place that's in Nicaragua and I just really feel like that would be really good for our family to live there. We just, you Still know, we just got to go. great, honestly, but yeah. But, but the, as but a the new key, wife yeah. and a mother of young kids and I'm like, what is going on in that head? I was, and so like t- the idea that like a wife is just supposed to submit, like, I think that's a big question is like, what if your husband isn't not worthy of submission, but like, what if your husband isn't like in a place that he's leading well? Like, is the wife just supposed to kind of blindly submit every time? And I would almost be certain that the answer is no. And there's even biblical examples of that, of like wives doing things that the Lord blesses, like without their husband's blessing. And I think that's because like a wife is first submitted to the Lord and like a good wife who's going to her commitment is is the Lord and her husband and her children and like raising the family well. And if you have a husband who's like totally steering you off course, you don't follow. You just don't. Yeah. So I guess in that situation, what would it look like for a husband to, I mean, sorry, for a wife to honor God Yeah. and be faithful to the Lord? Because you were really called, called as, that's a really churchy way of saying it, but you had to step into a role of more wisdom. Yeah. Otherwise we would have been homeless and bankrupt. Right. So you were called to like be the wiser one. Yeah. And yeah. Do you have thoughts on that? No, I just remember we had a time. I think we've talked about this on the podcast before, but we had a time in our marriage that was just really, really rocky. Mm -hmm. And it just felt like the ground under me was so unstable. And I have these two young kids and a husband and I was scared that our marriage wasn't going to make it. And we just in a spiritually just rough spot, you were really like not antagonistic toward God, but like you were like, don't care anymore. Mm -hmm. Don't care. And Mm -hmm. so he certainly was not trying to lead our family well. And I remember 
in those times, like it's easy for a wife to just kind of hit the panic button too. And then you are also very unstable and unsteady. And I remember I just felt like I had to dig my heels in and like on that solid ground, like Mm -hmm. my connection with the Lord during that time, because I could not connect with you. And like, you were so shaky and unstable to me that I like, I just dug in. So I was kind of like, set Jared on the back burner. He's spinning out of control. And I remember I just prayed for you a lot. Mm -hmm. And that's hard to do when you feel like you don't like somebody, you know, because I was, you know, we, I mean, We've talked about it before, and I know Jared. It's on last week's podcast. We talked about it a lot. Actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. You, you can hear more okay. about that last, week, last week. I mean, I would say the same. You didn't like me either. Like, we were just, it was rough, you guys. And and so to pray for somebody that you really, because you've got your friends telling you, like, Layla, you don't deserve that. You should just leave him, you know? But, like, and I wouldn't say I was submitting to you during that time because you were all over the place. And it would have been unwise and unhealthy for us and our family and our walk with the Lord to submit to anything coming out of your mouth at that time. Okay. <laughs> and so I just kind of had to dig in. And it wasn't trying to be like a wife who was like disobedient to her husband and like this or that. I was genuinely like my heart posture was... I've got to keep our family on track the best that I can. And I cannot do that holding hands with my husband. I'm just holding hands with the Lord and that's it. So that's what I had to do. And that's what, you know, so submission during that season, like submit to your husbands. It wasn't like, that does not mean just do whatever your husband says. Yeah. I was picturing like, that's really where you lean into the covenant of the marriage yeah, yeah. and you see the marriage, not as two people, but as three, mm-hmm. that it's you, me and God made this commitment that we are going to show the gospel off to the world and i was failing in that covenant but and so you just leaned on god yeah Uh, it wasn't my responsibility to you anymore it was just my responsibility to god has to be like the forefront yeah so i think the key takeaway there for a lot of guys is like okay i don't know if you're wishy-washy if your mind is changing every week with something different I think your wife is probably going to start asking, are you actually hearing from the Lord or did you eat something weird for lunch Mm -hmm, or watch a weird YouTube video again? Mm -hmm. So it's going to be hard for a wife to really submit to that leadership. Mm -hmm. Do you have any other examples of where it was like, okay, Jared, this was hard or. Yeah. And so there were other times too. And we've talked about this before just recently about like feeling peace in making decisions. And so I'm always very like, I don't like a whole lot of change. Like I had the same job at the same place. Like after I graduated nursing school, I got a job at this one hospital. I worked there for nearly 15 years. I didn't change. And Jared, in the course of that 15 years, I can't imagine how many different things he's done. And he would do one thing and then do this other thing on the side and then trickle on some other other thing and just constantly changing. And so in that, a lot of the time I had to we also just had to learn like when you were just dreaming because you're much more of a dreamer and I'm not. And so we would have a lot of squabbles about me being a wet blanket and crushing all of your dreams. And my pushback was like, well, you're being crazy and I don't want to go bankrupt and or like move to Nicaragua right now or whatever it is. And so there was a lot of that, just learning how to hear your dreams. And sometimes you just wanted to process them because you're a dreamer. It doesn't mean you're going to literally be, I'm going to come home and our bags are packed. But there were times though, when I could tell that like you were serious And you had made a scary decision, scary in my mind. And I, though, had in prayer with you, felt peace about it. And like we said before, 
having peace about it doesn't mean it's not going to be hard or scary or that things aren't going to be like, oh crap, what did we do? This doesn't feel right. Things aren't going well. Maybe we didn't have peace about it. Because I think God calls us into hard things sometimes. So it doesn't mean that just because God called you doesn't mean it's not going to be really hard. And so, yeah, there were times where like you had stepped out of jobs in ministry that I was like, you know, on the surface level, it's like, oh, but this is a ministry job. And it just seems like, would God call you out of that ministry job? It's a Mm -hmm. ministry job. And, but I actually had spent a lot of time like, God help here. I don't know. And felt like, yeah, I think, I think it's okay. Mm -hmm. I feel like the peace to move forward and transition out of this position or whatever. And a lot of those times we didn't have the next step ready in that. I don't like either. I'm like, I need the next 72 steps laid out for me just in case the first 71 don't go well. Like, but yeah, there were, I think that's happened more than once. Yeah. We've been in that situation a lot. I think too, though, and we've talked about this on the podcast, but the difference in probably that leadership from my perspective or from what I was doing different was viewing yourself as a, so I'm talking to the men here, the difference between like a boss and I'm going to tell the family what we're doing versus a team leader who's going to, how does this make sense for the team? And I want to consult the gifts and the wisdom of the team and then make a decision. And so there is like in those seasons, it was like, all right, babe, let's pray together. Let's slow down. Mm-hmm. Let me hear your wisdom. I'd ask you, like, yeah, what do you that's think? that's part of being a leader. As a, you know, when you're leading your family, if you know your wife is gifted in some way, like she's really good at like plan X, Y, or Z, like lean into that. That's part of being a good leader. That doesn't mean you're handing leadership over to somebody else. That just, that's what good leaders do. Mm-hmm. You recognize the strengths in your team and you utilize them. Absolutely. The most insecure leaders and and this is a reflection of the time I've been a poor leader in our family yeah. is based probably directly on my insecurities. Yeah, for sure. But yeah. I want to dominate. We're going to do this. Mm-hmm. No, why don't you let me do this? Mm-hmm. Versus I feel secure in who God has made me. I feel secure in me seeking the Lord. And so then I can just confidently say, hey, babe, give me your wisdom on this. I know you're slower. Mm-hmm. You're going to think of 10 ways that this could go wrong mm-hmm. or 10 things that I'm not currently thinking about. Help me mm-hmm. process this or see this in a way I'm not. Right. Currently seen. And that feels good for a wife too. It's like, I'm not, it's a partnership and that's what marriage is. Mm-hmm. We're your helper. God made for Adam a helper. Mm-hmm. I think too, the big part, when I think through the times where I feel like I've failed at leading, a lot of that would be insecurity. A lot of that would be quick to make decisions without actually consulting wisdom. Yeah. And a lot of it I think to, would be to do I imagine where you would probably feel least confident in following me is lack of control and emotions. Yeah. Yeah. And so if I'm showing that constantly in the house, if I'm having a reputation in this season of life where I cannot control emotions, Mm -hmm. then I imagine for a wife, it's going to be real hard when I'm in a good spot or when I feel like I'm in a good spot Mm -hmm. and I say, well, why don't we just do this? Mm -hmm. And what is replaying in your mind is my lack of self-control and emotions. Yeah. Yeah. Lack of self-control in emotions. Emotions aren't bad. And I had learned that too, because I've got my own unhealthy views of what emotions are and when they're okay and when they're not okay. Because in the beginning of our marriage, I was just opposed to any (laughs) display of emotion that felt really unstable to Mm -hmm. me and I didn't like it. And so I've, you know, I've come a long way in that too. And for Jared, who's much more expressive with his emotion, and I don't just mean like He's not like an angry guy or rage or something like that. But even his excitement, I would 
then be fearful of like, oh, here we go again. He's just got a good idea. And now he's going to like run with it and he hasn't thought this out. And so me being okay when my husband is excited, because I think what I would try and do is just kind of shut that down. Like, oh, okay, I let me think of 74 reasons right now why that's not a good idea and just take the excitement out of it. But I would like take the wind out of your sails. And mm-hmm. I know I did, but it's because your emotions Was that scared me. Or... Well, <laughs> will you forgive me yeah. for being a wet blanket? I'll I'm definitely sorry. think about yeah. it. I'll pray about it. <laughs> yeah, I think if you have a reputation as a husband of just being like a really emotional and emotional in like the unstable sense, then it may be hard for your wife to submit. But Thanks. in the times though that you would tell me like, I know I'm excited. Like we know each other well, right? And so he doesn't have to be fearful of showing emotion and I don't have to try and shred him to pieces when he's showing emotion because now we know each other well enough and our communication is just so open that you could say like, I know I'm excited. I know you're going to try and, you know, throw a wet blanket on it, but I've really thought about this and here's what it is. And then I could be like, okay, well, I'm not trying to be a wet blanket, but what about this thing? You know, and we could just, we recognize how each other is um, or how we are and, we can approach it then without offending, you know, don't, and try not to be so easily offended too. I know Mm. it's hard, especially if you don't have really open communication, you know, each other's strengths, you know, each other's weaknesses, you know, you know, at least after a couple of years of marriage, certainly you just kind of learn how each other operates. So now we just kind of call it out. Like, I know I'm a wet blanket, but listen, or he'll be like, I know I'm kind of excited about this, but listen, so we can just be really open about it and not, don't be quickly offended. And if you are, say it. Yeah. Right in the spot yep. because that, that little offense or that mm-hmm. little, whatever thing that yeah. seed will grow into oh bitterness goodness, and it, bitterness. man, it'll, it'll, worst. it'll plague your whole marriage. We had a, such a hard time with that in the beginning because you would get emotional and I wouldn't like it or I wouldn't say anything. And I feel like I had to walk on eggshells. I don't want to make you upset or I don't want to make you feel like I'm a wet blanket. So I just won't say anything. And then I'm bitter and you're bitter. It was just terrible. So we really, over the years, have had to learn how to like, yeah. just say it in the moment. Like, Hey, that one kind of stung. Yeah. And here's why. Here's the story I'm telling myself that we say that a lot too. I know you probably don't mean this, but this is the story I'm telling myself. When you said that, I felt like you were kind of rejecting me or like you don't like me today or whatever. Those two statements, that stung, Mm -hmm. a version of that, whatever it makes sense for you in your own Mm -hmm. vocabulary. And here's the story I've been telling myself will be lifesavers to you in marriage. And man, you start to talk like that as a husband, Mm -hmm. your wife's going to learn to trust you in your leadership. Yeah especially for guys, this goes either way. Like for me, I'm a verbal processor. So I'm going to tell you all the things I'm feeling, but even for a guy who's not, and he's Mm -hmm. going to be thinking about it equally can be equally as devastating to a wife because you're just, it's mysterious. Yeah. What is he feeling in there? Mm -hmm. What's going on in that head? Yeah. And so either way, just to say it's a real gift to your wife, to your spouse, to let them know what's going on in your head. Yeah. It's a step of humility to set your own pride aside and say, I'm going to serve you in this way. I'm going to yeah. let you in to what I'm thinking. Yeah. And I'm going to say, hey, hey, that stung, that hurt, or here's what I'm thinking. And you're going to, I think your spouse, your wife is going to feel like, okay, I can trust that. I can trust mm-hmm. his leadership when right. he lets me know. Yeah. Because otherwise, when you don't say that, then it comes out in little jabs mm-hmm. and your kids are watching. Mm-hmm. They notice the silence and man, that's because we've been through seasons of that too. Mm-hmm. And we didn't know how to fight. Well, mm-hmm. you're going to fight when you live with somebody forever and ever. You're, they're going to squabble about stuff. But the silent treatment is the worst. Mm-hmm. 
it's just, and there's times when you just need a moment and you can separate for a moment and take your time. And that is totally reasonable and that's healthy to do. But you know, when it's like three days of just walking past each other and just silence in the house and mean looks and it's just terrible. And the kids see it and they feel it and everybody's just uncomfortable. And it's just don't do that. Just say like, listen, that stung. And when you do that, I, the story I tell myself is that you, you are tired of me. That's how I feel when you do that. And then, okay, then the spouse can respond. Well, it's not that I feel tired of you. I just, whatever. And then, you know, just share openly and try not to be easily offended. If your spouse comes to you to tell you something they're if they come to you humbly and, and gently are trying to tell you something, don't react in a harsh way or you will just run in circles and it's just awful. It's exhausting. It's exhausting. We've done it. There's we've a lot of couples. It. We're not saying this like we've, yeah. we've got it down now. We know what we're doing. We've done all of it, all the unhealthy things. Yeah, we, we still do sometimes, but we we try do. and remember. You do do that sometimes. <laughs> I've just, been praying for you. You're so dumb. Um, as we wrap up here, I think that you, one of the things you said at the beginning was where you felt like you can follow the leadership or you feel more confident. Do you feel like in the season we're in right now, you feel confident in my leadership? Yeah, I do. And what would make you feel, what do you see in me that you're like, okay, I trust you, Jared. To Like I see you're connected with the Lord. And when the Lord is your lifeline and your source of strength and, you know, wisdom and just the Holy Spirit too, guidance and just so many things come along with being connected with God, right? Mm-hmm. Just all the fruits of the Spirit. When those are on display, then I'm not scared to follow your leadership. If you say that, you are praying about this thing, then I can come alongside you and pray again or pray with you about this thing instead of just like trying to shut it down. Mm -hmm. So I think if, if a wife can see that her husband has genuinely, his heart is, is soft toward God, then I think that his leadership in the home is going to be easy to follow. And I would say for the guy, because I know a lot of guys are going to hear that and be like, well, how do I, I mean, what does it even look like? How do I, follow the lord like what is this mm-hmm. and just like practically from i know myself dude like times where i've sucked as a leader and i know mm-hmm. at times i know layla feels more confident in my leadership right now i'm the common denominator right of yeah. like when you are when you're not so mm-hmm. i i know personally what i'm doing in those seasons and in the seasons where i'm not leading well i'm more prideful yeah i'm disconnected from cr- christian community mm-hmm. i'm chasing things that i think would satisfy my soul outside of jesus yeah when I'm leading well, like I, I'm more generous with my time for other people. Mm-hmm. Like I want to serve other people really well. I'm mm-hmm. not, so I don't hoard my time. And we talked about this, like about being busy. So I'm not talking yeah. about just fill your calendar, but I'm just like, I'm okay sitting and talking with people in deeper conversations. I noticed that about myself mm-hmm. and that makes me a better leader. Mm-hmm. I feel like I can be more generous to sit and listen and to to care for people well mm-hmm. when I'm in a healthy spot, mm-hmm. quick to repent. So I notice mm-hmm. when I'm getting in sinful places and it's like, this is not a healthy spot and I don't want to be there. It's hard to do that when you're not in a healthy spot. That's why you oh, need totally. that Christian community totally. to be like, Hey man, you're kind of going off the rails here. Yeah. Let's reel it in. Yeah. Yeah. Any guy would say that like, you don't realize how bad you are in a spot. It's just impossible to tell by yourself. You're, yeah. You're out there on an island and you have no idea like yeah. what the real world is like. And you don't what care. What healthy looks like. And you, yeah, you don't care because you're, you you're in a bad mental spot. Yeah. That's yeah. where we were for a mm-hmm. long time. It's oh, like yeah. you I know were that far feeling. from the Lord and you knew it. 
and yeah. you didn't care. Mm-hmm. And that was scary for me. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that was certainly a time when just following your leadership was a no go. Yeah. <laughs> you got to be around brothers, you yeah. know, just have conversations. You know, I meet with a group of guys on Thursday nights, good dudes who I'm just like, we can have real conversations mm-hmm. with, I can share the things I'm struggling with. They can share the things they're struggling with. That kind of stuff helps a ton. I know it's hard to prioritize that kind of stuff, but it helps a lot. Mm-hmm. So we were getting isolated. You know, that's what that's what happens in those seasons is you kind of start pulling away from everybody the very moment you really should be pushing into people. All of the things we're talking about right now are the uh, it's the ingredients. It's the environment for the devil's playground. Mm-hmm. We're talking about if you isolate in your brain, and you don't let your wife in yeah. Satan's playground, man. He's going to start building jungle gym oh, in there. Yeah. You isolate in your life and you're not going to have other Christians around you. Satan's playground. He's going to start building jungle gym and do some, mm-hmm. you're going to get to some weird spots. So yeah. in many ways it's frustrating. I'm sure. Cause I'm just like, I'll go back to a churchy answer, mm-hmm. but do you want to lead your family? Well, seek Jesus. Yeah. It's, that is truly the practical way. Like you don't have to stress and go find like a good devotion and make sure you're listening to whatever Christian radio station. Like those aren't things like your book, stop behaving. You don't Mm -hmm. just have to behave well because that stuff is exhausting. You will not sustain yourself by just like trying to be better. But if you are really connected to God, then it will come. Seeking God will, he'll give it to you. Asking for wisdom, you know, he'll give it. Yep. I didn't, I didn't plan on talking about this, but it just feels right. So you guys are going to hear me talk about this you know, speaking to my dreamer side mm. over the next however many months and years, because this is stuff I get excited about. You're listening to this podcast right now and you're probably thinking different. That's like, God, you're, you're hearing perspectives and you're like, oh, I should probably think about that different. I should probably do that with my spouse. That's a cool thing. A lot of you listen to this podcast and you're thinking is strange change. But then my goal, just so you know, I'm like laying out all my cards here for dad tired leadership. Then my goal is that you would come into online community and you'd meet other like-minded guys. Many of you have cool Christian groups at your church and whatever in your community and praise God. I'm glad you have that. Many of you don't though. And so the goal would be that you'd listen to podcasts like this. You're being encouraged, but then you'd come into online community. That's why I keep pushing you go to dadtire.com forward slash community, jump in that community. So you can just meet other guys who are like, Hey, I'm trying to stumble too. And then from there, my goal would be that you'd actually meet guys in person. And we're, we're trying to get really develop a system where we have a really solid map where you can just mm-hmm. type in your zip code and you would be able to find the 10 dad tired guys who live in your neighborhood. And you would just be like, dude, I don't have a group like this. And I, I need a group like this because mm-hmm. I want to be a good leader in my family and I need some dudes around me who, who will help me. And so that's the goal for dad tired. Like mm-hmm. if you just, that's my whole vision Listen to a podcast, connect with guys online, connect with dudes in your, meet with guys in your, your neighborhood. Yeah. Um, there's nothing like face to face, face to face. That's where the real with the guys yeah. and talk about all the things, open up. Yeah. I'll say this, this guy came to the, the retreat and he's a counselor and he's like, Jared, I work with men. What is happening here is he called it a unicorn because <laughs> he's like, it just doesn't make sense from like a psychological perspective from sociology perspective like the way men interact with each other this is not normal Mm. the way guys are so vulnerable the way guys are connecting with each Mm. other and so gracious towards each other and encouraging and he said i've never seen anything like Mm. it praise god It it was amazing and that's the kind of thing where the dream would be that you just type in your zip code and you're meeting with dudes who you know you don't have to go through like six years of barriers mm-hmm. to just try to get to a, that level with a dude. You could just meet with him and you're like, dude, I know you listen to the podcast. <laughs> we're on the same playing field yeah. here and we're just like, let's get after it. 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, um, yeah, it's cool when you start off knowing like at least we've got this one thing in common. Yeah, it's like, that was the retreat. It yeah, was so that's powerful. Cool. That's why you had a hundred guys, better dads, better husbands and love the Lord. 27 states, tons of different yeah, churches and denominations, really cool. but you have a room full of guys singing like their best hearts friends, out. Yeah, know? they're all best friends. They, they're just, it was incredible. And that, anyway, that I get super excited about that from a ministry perspective. Mm-hmm. Here come the emotions. Nah, I'm just kidding. Guys tell me a lot that I don't I don't do a good job at just asking, but this is what when I ask you to come partner with us, mm-hmm. this is the reason I ask you to partner mm-hmm. with us because I genuinely believe it's changing the world when guys are like, man, okay, I want to be part of a community like that. I want to support a community like that so more men can go back home and lead their families well. So I'll just ask if you want to be part of that, dadtire.com forward slash give, become a monthly partner because it's I, I genuinely believe this is the kind of stuff like Layla was saying at the beginning. Yeah generations yeah. of families are changed over this kind of stuff. We're not just like trying to do a podcast. We're trying to change yep. to become men that are actual good leaders. Yep. That's good stuff. And he won't say it. We lost money on that last retreat and Jared doesn't even care. He would do it a hundred times again, losing money every time, yeah. but it was worth it. It was it's totally really cool. worth it. Really yeah. Cool. yeah. And a lot of that was the reason we were able to lose money on that. We lost a ton of money on I that know. retreat. Layla's, well, I'm trusting the Lord. <laughs> Layla's personality is like, well, this doesn't make sense. <laughs> Why are you doing this? It's costing you a lot of money, but that's okay. You know, a lot of guys give to the ministry and because they want to see things like that. And yeah. so for those of you who are donors, thank you because um, yeah. it's changing lives. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, we took a big hit on that, a pretty significant hit, but I believe in it. And I think yeah. God, I just trust the Lord with it. So anyway, yeah. I love you guys. Thank you for listening. I hope as always, this this is helpful. Go be part of that community dadtire.com mm-hmm. click the community tab jump in there keep the conversation going all right love you guys thanks for having me thanks Layla. love you love you